You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Happy day after Halloween, my friends, my loves, everyone listening to this episode. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. And if you are listening to this not on the Wednesday that followed the Halloween on the Tuesday, then hi, how are you? I hope you had a great night, anyways. Welcome to episode 176 of the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you are new, I am your host, Maddie Moon, and I'm so delighted to have you here today. I am speaking about something today that I am very, very passionate about. But before we dive into that, a few things. Let's just have like a little bit of a recap of what's been going on recently. I just wrapped up the first Feminine Surrender Retreat hosted here in Boulder, Colorado in the mountains. Oh my goodness, was this an incredible experience. I am feeling so blessed, so inspired, so connected right now. This was one of those experiences that even me as a facilitator that leading up to it there was some stress involved putting it all together is it gonna go right blah 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 I was really able to drop in during this time together and so were all of the women it was very beautiful to be able to watch each one of us come together in this mountain home to eat delicious food and do acro yoga together and they were all beginners by the way all beginners learning how to do acro yoga was phenomenal who I brought my teacher in to teach us to teach everyone And we did this intention setting ceremony where we listened to this beautiful crystal Tibetan bowl and basically enjoyed a gong bath and went through this powerful journey, this meditative experience where I can't even tell you guys. It's one of those experiences that you can't really put into words, right? It's just so profound and so beautiful that it's very difficult. But more than anything, we had we created a family, we created a sisterhood, and each woman that came was coming with some guards up, right? They they had gone through some things in life, but they were searching for creating a new sense within themselves of feeling more whole. And that's what every woman there experienced. And I'm just so grateful right now for that incredible weekend and the the beauty of the home that we did it in 
where one of the entire walls was just window glass and we were in the mountains so you could see just snow covered mountains surrounding us it was powerful and one of the things that I was really focused on teaching during this retreat was how to create your own harmony between the feminine and the masculine and the reason why I decided to include acro yoga into this retreat was because it's the perfect way to experience in your body that harmony there's one there's a beautiful aspect of sitting in a room and circling up and sharing and being vulnerable but there's also another aspect to implementing something new in your life when it comes from feeling it inside your body and so being a base when you're doing acro yoga and supporting another body that is the strength that is the masculine and being able to be supported and to surrender when you are flying as the the flyer in acro yoga that is surrendering that is the feminine that's trusting and so as we dove deeper into these topics and then we left the circling shares to go over and actually feel it in our bodies whoa that was powerful. So if you're interested in learning more about this and you think that you may be a great fit for the next Feminine Surrender and you want to be one of the eight women that are brought into this magical mountain home in Boulder, then please go over to maddiemoon.com events and you will see there is a place to put in your email so that you're notified of the next one. And then when I have those dates for the next one, I will let you know and then we can hop on Skype and we can have a chat. We can talk about what's involved at this retreat and see if you'd be a good fit. The review of the week comes from Athena Nicole One. She says, she's amazing with five stars. I struggle with anxiety and her podcast helped me realize that it's okay to be anxious and that there isn't anything wrong with me. I am perfect the way I am. I am meant to be where I am. Whoa, that was really powerful. That's like a really powerful review. Like for you, like I want to like take out that quote you just said and put it on my Instagram and like share it with the world because that was so spot on. You are perfect the way you are. You are meant to be the way you are. And there is nothing wrong with anxiety whatsoever. If anything, it's just showing you something about yourself, showing you something is out of alignment. So thank you for writing that and for sharing and for listening to the show. I am so blessed to have such passionate listeners who take away lessons. If you have not left a review, that's a wonderful way to support the show for free. And I would really appreciate that over on iTunes. You just go to iTunes, search for my show, click write uh, review, ratings and review, write review, and leave your thoughts. Last announcement, the sponsor of today's show is Audible. And I love Audible because you can get a free 30-day trial, which means you get a free Audible book. So you can be driving in the car listening to one of the books that we talk about in the show. So if you would like to claim your free Audible trial, go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings and you can get any book that is available there. 30 days of experiencing Audible. It's a wonderful service. If you are someone who just doesn't seem like you want to create the time to read a lot, this is a wonderful way to learn and to read but not have to actually sit down and read. You can be listening to a book in the car or at work or while you're cooking dinner and soak up all the juicy knowledge that way. All right, so today, my loves, we are going to be focusing on boundary abilities and what boundaries mean, what boundaries say. We're going to be covering a lot of different things, so this would be a great episode to have your journal, your notebook, to take notes about the boundaries, about standards, we're going to be focusing on this boundary aspect because I see it being one of those really big inhibitors 
from people living free lives, really. And, it, and it, it's rooted in a worthiness wound, right? So when we don't feel like we are worthy in our core, we fear setting boundaries. We really fear <clears throat> telling people no and risking them not liking us. So one of the first things that I want to get very clear is that a boundary making ability, boundaries, being able to set boundaries in your life, this is in the masculine category. When you think about a warrior, a warrior is very protective. He knows where he's going. He's self-assured. He's on his path. He's self-oriented, so he's very focused on accomplishing his goal. He's headstrong, but he's not intense in a negative way. He's not also biting his fingernails wondering what other people think about him as being a warrior. He's not constantly walking around saying, oops, sorry, oh my gosh, okay, sorry, oops. Or he's not saying yes to everything and everything. He's making boundary. He, he knows that if he wants to accomplish his goal in his life, which he's worthy of accomplishing and he knows that he is, he has to say no to a lot of things to stay focused. So this warrior essence, this is what I want you to think of when you think of boundaries. I want you to think of the warrior within you. And I want you to ask yourself what your relationship with your warrior currently looks like. I've talked about this on the show before. Your feminine is your goddess. Your warrior is your masculine. So if you look at your relationship with your warrior right now, how do you feel about him? How do you feel about the divine he within you? <clears throat> do you currently feel like at this point in your life, you have a strong warrior? Now, switching gears a little bit, there's something I want to talk about in regards to your self with a, with a capital S. You have two types of selves. You have one, the social self, and two, the professional self. I learned this from Steve Chandler, who is the author of a few of my life-changing coaching books that I just love to read every year to give myself a refresher. But Steve Chandler has this audio he did that is about the social self and the professional self. And so I'll give you a little bit of insight into what that looks like. The And you have to bear with me. I'm sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. So if you hear me stifling and hear me, <coughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, but hopefully it will be gone by the next episode. So the social self. The social self is the part of you that was created when you were a kid. It was essentially in the works when you were a baby or even before that. The social self is the people-pleasing side of you. And the social self was created through your parents because your parents wanted you to be included. Your parents wanted you to be a respectable part of society. Your parents wanted you to know how to not steal, how to not cheat, how to not lie. They wanted you to fit in. So they created the social self for you. They told you, no, that's weird. Don't do that. They told you, no, you can't eat any more food. They told you, no, you can't do this. And they said, yes, you have to do that. This is wrong. This is right. And your parents doing this was a very loving thing. If you are a parent, I am sure you can resonate with wanting to make sure that your child is socially accepted and is loved and is appreciated and doesn't have to deal with a lot of the trials that come with being different or even making big mistakes in life, you are really trying to set them up for success. At the same time, what the social self can do is start to create someone that wants to please everything and everyone. 
And when we get to a certain age in our life, we start to realize this. We start to realize, wow, my parents did a great job making me socially accepted and and I've got friends now and it's all wonderful, but I wonder if there are certain things in the social self that do not ring true to me. And then when you get to that point where you start to wonder this, you can begin to create what Steve Chandler likes to call the professional self. The professional self is created. It's created when you look at the social self and you take what resonates and you leave what does not and you change what does not to make it work for you. So for example, whenever you are starting your own business, let's say you want to be a coach, you can't be writing emails as if you are a friend. You can't be overly, hi, wow, it's so great to hear from you. Welcome to my coaching website. It's it's so wonderful. Hey, friend, blah, blah, blah. Because immediately the person on the other end is going to be like, whoa, this person is my friend. I kind of needed a coach, someone to keep me accountable. And it really bleeds through that email. You can feel that the person is trying to be overly excited to compensate, to give emotions and feelings of being a a friendly person, but it can come across as not having assertion, maybe not even having boundaries. And so if you want to be a warrior and you want to be seen as a warrior, a lot of this comes down to creating your own professional self, creating how you want to be seen and viewed in this world. That does not mean being cold. That just means having boundaries, So when I first started coaching, my clients would text me whenever they wanted to. I would write my emails very much like happy face, exclamation point, over the top, trying to please them. When people wanted to hang out with me, I would say yes. If someone wanted to pick my brain about coaching and podcasting, I'd say yes. I was so scared of not doing or not saying yes to their request so I would say yes to everything and anything. And and guess what this led me to? Never really getting the right clients. Never really becoming the kind of coach I wanted to be. Not being that source of accountability that my clients needed. And if I'm so obsessed with being everyone's friend and and people who want a coach do not want a friend deep down, even though they might think that they would like to have a friend-coach relationship, deep down, someone who's looking for accountability wants to know that their coach is someone that's really going to be account- hold them accountable, will be um, have boundaries, will be this source of strength, and will not, not be overly, hey girl, what's up? Like, if you're looking for a coach, I'm sure you can resonate, you can understand, you want someone to hold you accountable, you want to feel safe with this person. So <clears throat> that was an issue for me if I was trying to make everyone like me and I was trying to be overly friendly Maddie guess how many people wanted to work with me well yeah I mean I did have people that wanted to work with me but not nearly as many people that would want to work with me if they knew I was really embodying the essence of being a coach who would keep their clients accountable would not fear speaking up and calling them out on their bullshit a coach or a person who is more like a friend might listen, 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 but never really call them out on their bullshit because they're afraid, oh my gosh, if I call them out on their bullshit, well, they still like me? Ah, will they want to be my client? Ah. A coach knows, a good coach knows that it's better to trigger someone than to tiptoe around on eggshells to be their friend. 
it's better to trigger them because that trigger is showing them something and they're growing in that moment. Of course, you want to keep them safe feeling, but feelings of uncomfortability are great when you are getting coached. They are wonderful. So think about the social self versus the professional self in your own life. If you are not a coach or you're not having any kind of career like that, think about you just being an employee <clears throat> or you running a, a local business. How are you treating your boundaries? What does your relationship look like with your boundaries? Do you run over your boundary and making ability? Because if you do, essentially what that means is you're running over your self-worth. Because feeling like you are not worth having boundaries is a deep down worthiness wound that you are not worthy of protecting your energy and protecting your space. And boundaries can show up in different ways. Sometimes you need boundaries against yourself. Or I wouldn't say against, scratch that. Sometimes you need boundaries for yourself. You need to have a boundary that you don't want to do a certain something anymore. You don't want to have a certain mindset or you don't want to watch TV earlier than 3 p.m. Or you don't want to continue to hang out with this person. Maybe the boundary isn't necessarily leaving a friendship and telling that person you don't want to be their friend, but more the boundary is that you stop reaching out to this person. So it's, it's, it goes both ways. Boundaries can be things that you request of people, but on the other side of the coin, boundaries are things that you abide by as well. So here's an example. Say you have a very triggering mother. Say your mother was raised in a time when thinness was everything, and she reminds you that you are not super thin. And it's very painful and it hurts a lot. Here is the way a boundary works in this instance. One, you ask, you you request of your mother to sit down with you. You have a conversation with your mother about the way she talks to you and how it makes you feel. You express to her in a loving, kind way. I know, mother, this is not your fault. I know that you're just doing what you think is best. So you're not blaming her, okay? You're, you're supporting who she is in her core. You're not pointing fingers. You're saying, I know what you're, do- what you're doing comes from a good place, but here's the thing. And then you share how it makes you feel, and then you wrap it up by making a request and saying, hey, can we leave this topic off the table? My body, I would love if we didn't talk about my body because I'm on a really great path and I'm working towards recovery, and these kind of comments really trigger me. I'm not trying to make you feel bad or even make you understand but I would really appreciate if you tried to understand so that's one way to set a boundary is making a request from someone else to follow said boundary then what if they don't follow it what if they overstep the boundary what if they keep doing things what if they keep saying things the next side of the boundary ability is you deciding what to do then to protect yourself. Maybe that means talking to your mother less. Maybe it means seeing your mother less. Maybe it means that you need to really work on allowing comments to flow in without being triggered and instead to breathe, to relax, to cling to the things that make you feel good, especially around times that you see your mom. Maybe it means that you have an accountability partner and you speak before and after your visit with your mom, and you tell your accountability partner beforehand what you would really like to hear after 
talking with your mom, so you kind of set it up for success by telling your partner, hey, I'm about to go into a very triggering conversation. I already know it. Will you please be here for me afterwards? It'll be in a couple hours. And uh, if I am crying, whatever, I just would love for you to hold space. So maybe that's part of it. So ultimately, I think it would be wonderful if each one of us could get to a place where things were said externally and they didn't affect us, but they do. Things do affect us. So setting boundaries ultimately is being able to protect your sacred space. Another way I like to say it is protect your sacred chapter. So when you go into new chapters of life and you say, hey, I want to be a business owner, creating new boundaries along that, knowing that you have to say, no probably to more things or you have to say no to overworking or no to underworking or no to eating a certain way because you know that creating a business you need to be supporting yourself with high vibe foods maybe you want to really focus on yourself and you really want to create more self-love and you want to create a beautiful relationship with yourself and so the the boundary becomes saying no to anyone that distracts you from that path. So say you're dating and you're dating people who are not supporting this process you're experiencing. Maybe you really know you want this type of person to be your next partner, but you're dating someone totally opposite simply because they're filling up time. And you would rather have someone fill up time and give you attention than have none of that at all. And what your boundary would be then is to is probably more towards yourself and giving yourself the boundary that you need to stay very clear and focused on creating self-love and not settle for bringing anyone into your life intimately that doesn't follow the ideal that you have. A realistic ideal, like I'm saying, there's still room for change, but if you know that you really want someone who is driven and successful but yet you're dating people who are the total opposite of that and you're like oh well it's okay because well I mean they're they're funny and they're nice but you know deep down that's not what you want you have to be in integrity with yourself and integrity with yourself and that means to sometimes have these hard conversations and to clear your life out of anything that's not aligned with what you want I'm telling you right now, this is the harder path. It's easier to allow anyone to enter our lives and not have boundaries. It's easier to write emails with tons of smiley faces and make sure you please everyone. It's easier to sit down for a dinner date that's going really bad than to get up and to ask them, hey, and have that uncomfortable conversation saying, hey, I don't think either one of us are really feeling this. Should we just wrap this date up? It's easier to just sit and be quiet and allow life to pass on by. It's harder to have these difficult conversations. It's harder to set boundaries. It's harder to have standards. And one of the reasons that it's so difficult is because many of us, especially women, have not been raised to be these warriors. We've been raised to be people pleasers. And when you see it on the the news, the media, movies, from our family anytime someone says something anytime a woman might say something that comes off bold or strong they might be labeled as the word bitch this happened to me just last night and I I I was listening to someone very close in my family was talking about a woman and said well I'm moving into a new office and I I'm just really not sure about it because there's a woman in there who just seems like a loudmouth crazy And I go, why? 
And this person said, well, well, when I was going in there to check out the office, she said, you're not a jerk, right? Because the last guy that was here was a jerk. What a bitch for saying that. Okay, come on. Really? I have very strong emotions when I hear a story like this. It really it kind of pisses me off, if I'm being honest, because if any other man had said this to this person, saying something like, hey, you're not a jerk, right? The, the dude that was in this office beforehand was a little bit crazy. Um, I'm pretty sure that would have been like laughing bro time. Like, oh, no, man, like, don't worry. What happened? Blah, 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 blah. Um, that, yeah, it really bothers me because I envision that the way that conversation went down was very different. But because she said something that wasn't overly people-pleasing, that wasn't, that was bold, she got labeled with this word bitch. And... I would love to see this change in our world. It's not up to me, but I can help make a difference. So you can as well. By stepping into your own unique voice, you might run the risk of saying something that isn't people-pleasing, but it is true to you. It's something that a man would say. A man would say, no, I can't have coffee with you. I'm sorry, I'm really busy. And he'd be fine. And if a woman says it, maybe, I don't know, maybe if they say no to having coffee she could be labeled as something but this is a risk that we all want to take we want to take this because the more of us women who start to step into our own voice and start to set boundaries the more socially acceptable it becomes but the problem or not problem but the issue with it at the beginning is going to be that it's uncomfortable it's going to be uncomfortable to set boundaries if there are people in your life that are saying things that are uncomfortable you have to let them know you have to be honest with yourself. Even if there are wonderful people that are just great souls, but they don't bring up your energy, you are worth it. You are worthy. You are worthy of saying no to hanging out with them. So if you're really, really nervous about stepping into your voice, stepping into your truth, creating boundaries and setting standards for yourself, ask yourself where that fear comes from. Were you taught as a kid not to have boundaries? Or did you have your boundaries overstepped as a kid? I know, I sure did. I never had any privacy growing up. I never thought I was allowed to have privacy. I was, ne I was never alone. Even when I was crying and upset, I never was allowed to feel sadness or, or anger or any of those emotions by myself. My door was always had to be open. People, my parents would always come through and they would yell at me whenever I was crying and tell me that I needed to come downstairs and there was never really a point where I could cry and feel my feelings and come back and, and visit them when I was calm cool and collected after a family argument or anything it was never like that it was boom 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 we need to fix this now um and it was just a, a lot of the, the message I received was that your emotions are not okay you cannot feel these you need to um get over it and lo and behold, what did I struggle with so long? My ability to feel my feminine uh, surrender, my trust, my ability to go with the flow, my ability, my ability to cry and not to judge myself for it. And I have roots. I have very clear images of where some of those problems arose, and that's one of them. My my childhood I never was really allowed to cry in my room by myself and have peace and quiet and to feel my feelings I was bombarded with other people's voices and them telling me how I was and was not allowed to feel and eventually I started to try to turn off those feelings of sadness and anger and those emotions which created eating disorder issues control issues right 
So awareness brings a lot of power and boundaries, being able to create boundaries also means coming to a place in your life where you know you are worthy of them. Sometimes we look at other people and we're like, oh man, they're so assertive. They have boundaries. They're very careful around who they hang out with, but um, I'm not really like that. Uh, I'm friends with everyone. I don't judge anyone and um, I'll hang out with anyone and everyone. And sometimes we end up doing things that are out of integrity with us because of that kind of lifestyle. We start to maybe give our bodies away to people intimately who we don't have real feelings for. We don't have really true feelings for, but we're scared that we won't have another opportunity to be with someone who really sees us and likes us, right? Worthiness. When you, when you don't feel like you're worthy enough, you don't create standards and boundaries. And in dating, how this can often show up is that you are fearful of rejecting people. I will be the first to admit I have this myself. When rejection, when rejection is towards me, it hurts so bad that I fear rejecting others. Not because I don't want to hurt their feelings, though that is a part of it, but it's more like I have been rejected in my life and it hurts. And so when something is moving smoothly and it's safe and secure I don't want to do any I don't want any sort of rejection to be even near it whether it's me doing it or them doing it even if I don't really like how I am around this person maybe it brings out a a slightly boring version of me not the goofy happy-go-lucky free-spirited version but a boring version that's kind of on edge so one of the things for me that has been really beautiful for me to explore is being very brutally honest with myself. If someone is not bringing out an energy in me that I love to be around, I have to get back integrity with myself and have that hard conversation and tell them, look, you're great, but this isn't going to be a romantic connection, but I would love to be friends. And then I clear that energy out of my life. I I am in integrity with who I want to share my body with, my time with, my energy with, my attention with. And ultimately what this means is to choose me. I was having a conversation with a friend about this. It's very interesting that when we are dating people, the people that we end up dating the longest, generally, they bring out a part of us that we love. So we're really choosing to date ourselves because when a person brings out an aspect of us that we love that comes out, we're choosing us by choosing them. And so when you're with someone who does not bring out the side of you that you absolutely love and you're kind of the lukewarm version of you and you're with a lukewarm person, you're not choosing you. You're choosing them. But when you're with a person that makes you feel like your heart's on fire and you're, you're fun, you're laughing, you are choosing you by choosing them. Does this make sense? Because we want to date people who make us feel like the best versions of ourselves. So I invite you, if you are dating, to not date anyone who makes you choose them and not you. Choose you, even if that means being alone, even if that means being single, because it's better to choose yourself and to invest more time into falling in love with yourself than to force a relationship with someone, to share your time, your body, your energy with someone that's not encouraging you to choose you. So how can you summon in your inner warrior this month? What boundaries need love and attention? What people in your life are overstepping? You need to create a boundary in order for them to overstep it. 
and you need to create a strong boundary in order for them to stay behind it. It's okay to protect your sacred space. It's okay to protect your sacred chapter. If you're moving towards a new chapter in life, say you have a new new passion, a career idea, a new you that you want to create, you have to ask yourself, what does not resonate with this new you? What does not fit in to the equation of this new you? And know that you are worth every boundary, every single boundary you choose, you are worth it. I am not worth any more boundary comforts than you are. We are all on equal playing field. Oprah is deserving of many boundaries. I am deserving of as many boundaries as I want. You are deserving of boundaries. Boundaries keep you safe. Boundaries protect you. Boundaries help you stay in integrity and alignment with you, with yourself, with what your heart craves and desires. I love talking about this. So if you have any questions at all about boundaries, please go over to the show notes for this episode 176 and leave a question or a comment. And maybe I will talk about it in another episode. Another thing I wanted to share is that there is a book called Boundaries. Um, and I have not read it yet, but it's been on my to-do list to read. We talked about this at the retreat when we when we talked about boundaries. I will leave a link to that book in the show notes for this. It's supposed to be a phenomenal boundary ability setting, boundary setting ability, boundary setting book. That's the right way to say it. The best boundary setting book. I will leave a link to that in the show notes for this. And I guess I have a final question, you guys. I am craving to interview some new types of people. If you have any recommendations for people who are kind of outside of this spirituality, women's empowerment realm, maybe into something kind of unique and interesting that I haven't talked about, that would be awesome. And it would be great if you have specific names and the topics to to provide. So if you have questions, if you're like, oh, I would love for it to hear you get this person on the show to talk about this topic, let me know. I would love to hear because I'm really looking for some new, interesting conversations that are out of the norm. You can send those over to me on Instagram at Madeline Moon. And that is all we have for this week. Thank you guys for listening. We have an amazing episode lined up for next week. I can't wait for you to hear it. And so I will see you there. 